Welcome to our podcast. As, As a, a matter, matter of black. black. I'm Bowie. And it's me, aka Mr. Letter Thug Shine. God bless America. <laughs> Where's Bali. Your... <laughs> Where's your gold velvet do-rag? Oh man, uh, you know, I'm bringing that out for uh, spring purposes. Oh, it was a spring summer edition? Yeah, spring and summer, you know, when the when the weather, you know, get to the that tropical feel, you know what I'm saying? Go do rag season. It feels like it'll be hot though if it's velvet. Not when you cool as me. <laughs> I wanna uh never mind. So yeah. You wanna do rag? <laughs> Well, I was I was thinking like, would it be cool to have a do rag? But then it's really just like, no, I want to just like gift somebody a do rag, like a pretty one, like a purple velvet one or something, or a fuchsia. Yeah, you know, um, there's a plethora of different do rags that are hot. You know, what I'm saying uh, for those who are unfamiliar with the do rags, uh, this podcast ain't for you, so I'm not going to explain it to y'all. But uh, you know, what I'm saying there's a plethora of different do rags from the silk to the satin. To the velvet, you know what I'm saying? I even got, uh, um, you know, uh, a knitted one, you know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. I'm fancy with mine, you know what I'm saying? I, I You know, I, I we come through with uh, embroidery and screen prints on some of them, too, as well. I uh, feel like the velvet ones have been the most, like, innovative ones. And I've even seen how people wear them differently. Like, they don't let the tail out. They, like, kind of tuck it. And they cut, you know it's a do-rag. But it kind of looked like a turban. Mm-hmm. And I just enjoy it. Um, that's some of the stuff that I probably was one of the originators of. Okay. You know, different ways. I, I, was, I was rocking the bow tie in oh. the front years ago, years ago. That's something that I, I brought to the scenery. Wow. Uh, you know what I'm saying? The tuck, the tuck, the ponytail, and the flap down. I did all, <laughs> I did all of that a long time ago. You know okay. what I'm saying? I feel like we have to have an episode where we talk about do-rags now. Okay, well, you know, you're talking we to- Do-rag expert. You're talking to a Hall of Fame, uh, do-rag Hall of Fame uh, inductee, so. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I'm right up in there with a, with a, you know, uh, DMX, Nelly, Sure. Lil Zane, uh, that's just a few people. Bo King Woodbine. Oh, he does a, he does do rags very well. Yeah, I'm right up in there. I was. But you know, it's funny about him doing do rags. He ain't got no hair. We're not wearing it for we're not wearing it for the waves. We're not wearing it. We wearing it for other reasons. Clearly. Okay, so don't come at us without like. I just, did I say DMX too? He wore, he wants to do rags back in the day. He wore like some of the do-rag scully types, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for me growing up, like in 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 our like my generation of do-rag culture, it was strictly about the waves. And like the boys You're not would, obeying no laws like that. The boys <laughs> would brush their hair down and then they would they would um tie their do-rag on real tight and then then they leave it on for however long, take it off, and they people be seasick. Yeah, you ain't got to do all that no more. Got it. You know, so sometimes you want to rock the wave sideways. You ain't even got to do that no more. You don't need a do-rag for that. And also, like I say, the do-rags are, you know, you can't, you, you don't have to wear them for just because you got some hair. You can wear them because you, because you bald. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know bald women that rock all type of different head, 
head uh you know what I'm saying dresses and things of that things of that nature so it's an accessory it's more of an accessory than a than uh, a necessity got it well, anyway, before we get on, we just started off the episode so black. I know, so black because it's Black History Month. Yay! And we want to just continue to thank everybody for joining us and listening to us, supporting and sharing. I didn't check the numbers for the last episode, but they were pretty good. Our numbers have been great so far. We continue to get more listeners. And so, like, as usual, we just thank everybody, and particularly on the, in the month of February. Thank you for listening and being real black and listening to As a Matter of Black podcast. Exactly, exactly. We appreciate all that black support, all that black love. And you know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to keep on rocking out, man, because we celebrate being black 365 days a year, not just 28 or 29 days. You know, I, I love being black. Like, I really started to feel the love of being black, like, I don't know, maybe like, maybe like 2009, like right after I graduated high school and well, actually I was kind of making the transition. I had grew the perm out my hair. Like I ain't had a perm since 20, since 2006. Mm -hmm. So I was starting to grow the perm out my hair and um, start looking into all these different revolutionaries learned about all these new religions that were like connected and tied back to Africa, started going to lectures in the city where, you know, there was lots of black scholars and activists and artists talking about being black and what it means and how they contribute to black culture through like their medium. So the journey to blackness has been a long journey, but I'm so happy I've arrived. No doubt, I've been I've been rocking with this blackness as a kid. You know what I'm saying? One of my first, one of my blackest moments as a kid was when I was in a play for the school, and they was casting everybody roles, and they picked me to be Spike Lee in the school play because I was, you know, what I'm saying I was I was a Spike Lee fan <laughs> since back in the days. What was the school play? It was a it was a school. Okay, so it was the Black History School play. I was like nine years old. And, uh, you know, the, the Black History Black History Month, of course, was the theme of the play. And so they needed somebody who was going to play the host of the play. And they wanted, they thought that Spike Lee would have been a good host. <laughs> and they thought that I would play a good version mm -hmm. of Spike Lee in, wow. my, in my fourth grade year. So I was, you know, moms had did, had did me justice. I came through with the Spike Lee glasses on my face. And then she found me a Malcolm X hat. Cause you know what I'm saying? That identified him off top, so. Sure. So yeah, so I've, I've been loving this since back in the day. We loving it. Well, no, no complaints here. Um, so yeah, we're back with another episode. I figured we might as well start off with some interesting topics. Yeah. I know you had some stuff you wanted to talk about, which you mentioned. Oh, yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? With this year and last year and the year before that, being such a, um, you know, uh, I guess just pivotal pivotal uh, transition over the last couple of years to how we approach our daily lives 
around the world, you know what I'm saying? This topic just really, I've been wanting to talk about it for a while. And we, you know what I'm saying? Why not do it in Black History Month? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Privacy, privacy during sickness. Over the last year, we've had a lot of people, loved ones, friends, colleagues, um, associates, all that type of stuff, you know what I'm saying, uh, who have been sick, some who have passed away from sickness because yeah. of the uh, pandemic, COVID-19. And you know what I'm saying, we lost a lot of loved ones. But at the same time, you know what I'm saying, we lost a lot of celebrities too as well, and a lot of them uh, die from other things other than COVID too. You know, of course, mm -hmm. other people have too. But on my mind, uh, off top was just two people in particular, uh, you know what I'm saying, Chadwick Boseman, everybody know him, the actor, Chadwick Boseman, uh, you know, Black Panther, uh, Marshall, Jackie Robinson, the movie, uh, you know what I'm saying, so many different, like everything. so many different movies over the last few years, and him, he passed away, and uh, Virgil Abloh, you know what I'm saying? For those who don't know who he was, he's an American fashion designer, entrepreneur. He was the artistic director for Louis Vuitton's menswear and a very close friend of uh, Ye, KW, that guy. You know what I'm saying? They were uh, collaborators, um, you know what I'm saying, on a lot of fashion projects. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how he got his, you know what I'm saying, claim to fame, you know what I'm saying. But he died in 2021 at the age of 41. And the reason why I wanted to bring it up is because, you know what I'm saying, a lot of people were shocked, mm -hmm. uh, starting with Chadwick at first, you know what I'm saying, uh, people were very shocked because he was like on a, um, like the brother was grinding into the end, you know what I'm saying, he made sure he left us with enough memories to always bring him back. But he was on a, just like a movie run. But there was one viral picture that went out uh, when he was out just randomly, uh, you know, out and about the streets. And people noticed that his change in his appearance, he appeared to be losing weight, face was a little bit skinnier, seemed a lot skinnier than, than he was in a lot of those movies before he got sick. And nobody really knew. It was a bunch of speculation. Was he on? Was he doing all vegan diet? Was he doing the fasting? Um, did something happen to him? Was he trying something new? Was he doing something for a movie role or something? And but people, he kind of became a joke at the same time when he the, the pictures came out. Yeah. And then of course, when it was announced that he passed away, everybody was just completely shocked for the most part, general public wise, and. Um, Virgil Abloh, the same thing. It was just kind of like, you know, he inspired a lot of people in the fashion world, especially a lot of young black men and women to pursue careers in fashion, you know, in, in, the, in the street, independent side and on the luxury side. And, uh, you know, when he passed away, uh, people were very shocked. It just was an announcement. Nobody in the general public really knew that either one of them was sick. Mm -hmm. And so my whole thing is like, you know, should we, as people start to be more sensitive to uh, sensitive and respectful of people's privacy when they're going 
through that. Because a lot of people felt like, why didn't I know? Why didn't we know? Why didn't they tell nobody? And even on a level with like celebrities, you know, they don't have to live their lives 100% all the time for the public and let their fans and supporters know everything. Just like regular everyday people that we are in contact with that are not famous, don't have to let us know that, you know what I'm saying, they're going through sickness because I've, I've lost people in my life who prefer to, you know, when they had, had a terminal illness, not tell everybody, just a select group of people would know. And it's not a big Facebook or Instagram announcement or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And, but it also, it, it should remind us that when we see people have dramatic, dramatic changes when this big weight gain or weight loss or changes in their appearance and their complexion and uh, hairstyles or whatever, you know, just being respectful of what's going on and not, you know, turn it into a joke because you never really know. I felt really bad. I never said anything about Chadwick Boseman when he lost that weight and that's, that picture came out. But I was like, it's a, I, I, I immediately looked at the picture and I was like, it's a reason he looks the way he looks. Yeah. If he was training for a role, I was just like, okay, well, you know, uh, or, you know, saying, uh, but it's kind of sad when people were like, he became like this joke and then you're joking about a person with a terminal illness and it's all funny games on social media until somebody is no longer here to, you know, say defend themselves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then now it's like all these condolences and stuff when it's like you really spent all this time, you know, like you said, making a mockery out of somebody during yeah. a, during the sickness. Yeah. And I think more now than ever, you know what I'm saying, we should understand that like people want to, you know what I'm saying, those battles that they're having with their health, they don't want to make those public all the time. Like nobody wants to, you know, a lot of, everybody don't want to go on no, you know, farewell tour. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Everybody don't want to, you know, sh share their journey with you from day one to the, you know, the last day or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Some people want to just be around family, close ones, loved ones. And we've seen that with people with COVID. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Everybody ain't announcing that with, with the funeral plans. Mm. Everybody announcing the cause of death. And I done seen people, young people pass away in their 20s that I've known. And you know what I'm saying? People, elderly people pass away. And, you know, even the whole, when when is the funeral question? Or how did they pass away online? Like, that's the worst one of the worst questions I hear on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. When somebody put up the RIP and somebody's like, Bam, what happened? Yeah. How did they die? I feel or like they inbox you too. Yeah. Like that'd be oh I'm kind of on the fence on the how did they die because I feel like it's kind of a, it's I feel like it is human nature to, to kind of want to know, know yeah, why but... somebody like how they pass. And then also like coming from a person, so I I used to have this like really strange relationship with death, and I was I was I guess for lack of a better term, like trying to figure out ways I could cheat death. And so whenever I would learn that somebody died, I would want to know like, well, how they died? Cause I don't like, I wonder if that's something that like I can prevent, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. well, how, cause especially if, they, if you found out they passed away and they was young. So you'd be thinking like, well, what happened? And like, if this thing happened to them, like, could it happen to me also? 
And this was just really when I had a strange, this really strange relationship with death. Now, now I have my relationship with death has changed. It ain't as strange and it's like morbid as it used to be. Mm-hmm. But um, it, I feel like it is sort of in human nature to want to know what happened to somebody, especially when people die young. Cause you know, dying young used to be a thing, you know, yeah. like you, people, you, you like seeing people die young used to be abnormal and like now at least I remember like growing up it used to be something that like wasn't didn't didn't seem like it was happening so frequently now now it's like oh I truly understand like when people be like death ain't got no age or whatever there's all these adages about dying and how it happens to everybody now and it is uh, like it's the time you know I'm saying where that that sentiment is sort of feels very true it like permeates, you know, it's permeating. Well, do you have to ask how somebody died on a Facebook post? So here's my thing with that too, which is probably <laughs> gonna sound insensitive. But I feel like you posted it on Facebook, you made it, you made it public, you know what I'm saying? Just just like how people are are can be like um trying to protect your privacy and like not being not invade your privacy you can protect your own privacy. Like, if you don't want people to pry or know information, if you're not ready for those questions, I feel like maybe you should wait to post it on Facebook. And maybe it's gonna, maybe it's gonna sound very insensitive, but I just feel like if you publicly post something, people aren't, people are gonna assume that the, the, the attention is kind of warranted. Once again, for lack of a better term, like, if I post something on Facebook about somebody dying, I'm going to expect my condolences, my condolences, my condolences. You know, do you need something? Can I help you with something? Well, that's different. How, how did they die? I'm going to expect it. Okay. I'm not going to be like, oh, this is just so, you know, I can't believe people was asking me how did this person die? Like, I feel like I would expect that if I posted it on Facebook. Well, or on a, social media at all. Well, that's that's the difference, and and it's not even okay. Like for me, like you know, if you make a personal announcement about like uh, husband, wife, or um, husband, wife, children, grandfather, family member, whatever, I, I think that a lot of times when you post it on social media, you most people you know are usually going to wait to post something. I think when they're ready for people to know. Yeah. But then a lot of times, this, this is the case that I'm talking about. A lot of times it don't really be nobody. It might not, it might be somebody that's just a friend or somebody that you cool with. And then it's like, you know, I'm just cool with that person. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. And this whole, the whole comments like, what happened? Did, is that the shooting that happened right over there? Such, such? Oh, was it sorry. COVID? Was, and it's like all the speculation <laughs> in the comments. <laughs> Uh, when the tweet R.I.P. Damn, oh R.I.P. What was this? What was that? And so, like, I know people curiosity. You know, what I'm saying I figure like people could do that a little bit differently. Like, if I want to know how somebody died, something like that, you know, I can hit Google and search yeah. homicides or deaths in Little Rock. You know, right. what I'm saying I can see that. I'm like, I would confirm it. The questions or whatever, I kind of, you know, I'm you like, just feel like they're just, I'm just, sometimes it's like, you know, 
did it eat? Did you, what did you have to know right now? Did you have to ask me? But that's just how I am with it. Uh, but you know, everybody got their own ways. But like I say, I think. But that is the exact reason why some people don't want nobody to know what they got going on yeah. until after the fact. Like I like how the way MF Doom wife did did when he died. Oh yeah. We don't know. Doom we don't, had been dead for some time. Yeah, he died. Like she announced it on the last day of the year, New Year's Eve. He had, he had been passed away for two months. And see, to me, that's crazy. And then she announced it, and they made the announcement like he had just died that day. Right. Like man, the last day of the year, and you know, what I'm saying that's how it went down. But and then didn't release no details on what happened. But he lived that private type of life, and I just say, you know, respect people's privacy. You know? I mean, well, since we're talking about like you know, we doing a show on black and black during Black History, and we're talking about you know black things. Black people tend to be really private about you know their health, like. I remember like, and just as particularly like in my family, you know, when people were sick and my granny was sick and stuff like that, it was just like, well, you know, right now only the immediate family know, like we ain't got to the usher board and the deacons and the pastor at the church yet, like we kind of going one by one, we might let the pastor in because, you know, he got to come pray over the body and stuff. Mm -hmm. But like, um, for the most part, like black people are very private about their health and their health <laughs> their health affairs mm -hmm. and so i just feel like that's a really you know that's really just like a black thing like if there's such a thing like culturally that's just really how we move and how we behave um everybody ain't like that everybody no 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 everybody ain't like that but i feel like it is kind of one of those things it's kind of like unspoken like you know a lot of people be doing it like even if, when you watch like you know shows or you just know people that be that have like sicknesses they be out you know and they be doing all kind of stuff like you were saying Chaz, Chaz, uh chadwick bozeman was working mm -hmm. you know and just showing up because it's kind of what we do as mm -hmm. a people you know we just show up and you know then you know behind the scenes your hair falling out and stuff from chemo and mm -hmm. skin changing colors and stuff like that and just nobody really just knows what's going on and I think that that's that's a really interesting um, perspective too, because I think in a sense of privacy, like that's really that's that's one thing. But then I also feel like a lot of people, like I'm this kind of person, like I don't like I don't like people like clamoring over me. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm struggling with something, like I don't want people like feeling sorry for me or like treating me like I can't do for myself you know mm -hmm. because I'm like experiencing something and I think a lot of black people are like that too like they don't want to know they don't want let they don't want to let people know that they're sick because they don't want you like taking away their independence or they don't you know um they kind of like maybe they are the strong person in the in this in this in this dynamic and so they don't want to be seen as weak and they don't want these other people who may depend on them to feel um feel like they can't take care of themselves or feel like they have to worry about them mm -hmm. and so i think that's a really interesting you know dynamic too in terms of just like being private being private when you're like going through things well, yeah, everybody's everybody's definitely different, and 
you know what I'm saying, you know, handle situations with their health differently. And, you know what I'm saying, I think, you know, we just got to start having respect, more respect for people's situations and not be so quick to jump the gun, make jokes and all that type of stuff. Because like I say, we see how quickly things can take a turn for the worse during this pandemic. Yeah. Where, you know what I'm saying, everything could be, you know what I'm saying, A-OK seem like you're going to work every day, you make money, you're having fun, you're traveling, you, you know, hanging with people, living your best life, and then this virus attack your body, and then bam, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you're on a ventilator, you know what I'm saying? We're making yes. funeral arrangements, all types of stuff. So, yeah, so, you know, we just, I think those people, you know what I'm saying, just sh- showing how not wanting to battle with health issues publicly, just, I think it showed a lot of people that, you know, it's okay to like want to have your privacy when you're sick and not let the world know and not have a, you know, a, you don't have to publicize your journey, your health journey, all that type of stuff, so. Yeah, that was, that was actually cool, a cool yeah. topic. Well, yeah, so what's, what about you? What's been, what's been on your, your mind? Man, I, I've been having, um, I've been really sort of confronted and faced with, um, the N word. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) It's been kind of one of those, one of those things that's kind of been rearing its ugly head these past couple of weeks. And I was just, you know, sort of wanting to get your thoughts on like, um, the saying the N word and, you know, the n-word being nigga and or nigger with the hard er depending on who you're talking to um but i, I was wondering <laughs> i was wondering you know your thoughts your thoughts around the word in general and like people who say it you know who who's allowed to say it um who's not allowed to say it and sort of like why is there so why is this word sort of um so heavily like guarded in in culture in general so i will say that like i'm an avid user of the n-word i use it a lot mostly in conversations with other black people um as uh, as a term of endearment sometimes as an adjective to describe something or someone. Um, do I use it as a verb? I don't think I use it. I saw maybe sometimes can use it as a verb, but most definitely use it as a noun. Um, I tend to not use the word around non-Black people. And I also tend to not use the word around older Black people like my mom or my dad or like just older black people in general. I've also modified my want to use the word um, around people of a black people of a particular like type, I guess. There's some black people that sort of, you know, uh, have different morals and values and they have, they have expressed to me personally that like they don't like the word and they don't like 
for people to use the word around them. So I typically refrain from using the word around those individuals as well, even though I've never really gotten to the bottom of like why it's so offensive for those people, because they don't fit in any of the categories that I just named in which I wouldn't use the word in front of them anyway. Um, there's all this conversation around, you know, doing away with the N-word and uh, whether or not like non-Black people can say it and in what context they can say it, if they use, uh, if they say it with, with the A or if they say it with the ER, if they say it at a Kanye concert or, you know, if they say it in the comfort of their home with they, you know, with they homeboys and homegirls. Um, and then just recently, you know, with the whole Joe Rogan situation, who is a podcaster that, you know, they just recently released a video reel of him saying the N-word like a million times in whatever context it wasn't really identified because it was a, a compilation of him saying it in all these different contexts and it was just sort of like meshed together. However, he was saying it very freely, you know what I'm saying? And and also sort of using other epithets to describe, I'm assuming black people, even though I don't really know for sure. Um, and so, yeah, there's just like all this, you know, conversation around if it's okay for people to say it in, in the comedic way or, you know, um, at what point in time can non-Black people say it and should Black people in general stop saying it? I've been seeing those kinds of conversations pop up too from artists and scholars and just other people in general who are sort of part of, you know, culture saying that like, it's an outdated word, it's an old word, you know, we shouldn't be calling ourselves niggas, we should call ourselves kings. And so I was just wondering, I was just wondering if you had any thoughts in particular on, on the N-word. Nope. <laughs> no. No. Oh, no. Next topic. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> nah. Um, you know, me personally, you know what I'm saying, used as a term of endearment amongst friends, uh, you know what I'm saying? And something that I've heard regularly since before, I, I don't know. I don't know when I first started hearing this for a long time. But, you know what I'm saying? Um, some people got an issue with it. And if, it, if people, you know, if black people I know got an issue with it, then, you know what I'm saying? I try to, try to respect it and, you know what I'm saying? Not offend them. Uh, but I think honestly, um, to me, you know, it's a word that, you know, Caucasians should never use. Um, uh, they, black people have, for the most part, kind of took control of that word and, you know, it's something that, you know, white people just can't use. And, it's an opportunity for white people to understand that uh, it's, it's an opportunity for white people to understand that like, you don't have the privilege to do everything. You feel like you got the privilege to do so much and you don't understand your privilege and you never understand that white privilege, 
white privilege. I don't understand white privilege. It doesn't exist. What are you talking about? I've worked hard for what I do. I got this from merit. And you don't have no, <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have no idea what merit is. You don't know <laughs> if merit merit to you is, to somebody might be working hard and going out, get the education and working their way up the ladder. And for some folks, merit is just that's my uncle's business. He said he's gonna hire me. My dad left that for me. I that's told my it. mom, just get me $100,000 to get this investment going off the ground and not give her the money back in five years tops. <laughs> I, I'm self-made. I'm a self-made person. Not saying the N-word is just, that's the probably the, the blackest that you could ever feel because we go in spaces every day all around this world and we're not allowed to do this. We're not allowed to do that. Can't go to this country club. Can't walk inside this store. Can't walk into this museum. Can't get a house over here. Can't can't get our school. Can't can't get our kids to enroll in this school. Can't eat this. Can't eat here. You know what I'm saying? Can't get this job. Can't make this type of money. Can't spend our money. Can't throw our money in there. There's so many can't can't can'ts and just you can't do this. You can't do that. And then you get around some of your own people. You can't act like that. You can't do this. You can't do that. Oh, you got that kind of degree? Oh, well, we run this like they run eight stuff. So you can't you can't act like that. You can't dress like that. You know, and we just deal with a whole lot. We just deal with a parade of can'ts all our whole life. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's just, you know, don't, don't be riding around at night with all four of y'all in the car. Take your hoodies off. Take your caps off. Mm. When police put when the police pull you over, everybody put 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 your hands on the dashboard. Don't move. We we had all this stuff that we just can't do our whole life, and then it's one word that we we were able to, for the most part, strip strip it out of the the hands of oppressors and the people that was you know what I'm saying oppressing and disenfranchising black communities. And got y'all to erase it out of y'all day-to-day life vocabulary. And then, of course, you said it for hundreds and hundreds of years. And so we continue to say it. We turn it into something else. And now you mad because you can't say it too. Well, guess what? That is your opportunity to feel like a Black person for (laughs) one moment in life. You can't do it. You just can't do it. And I'm going to tell you why you can't do it. Because can't do it because you're not black. Point blank, plain and simple. Best way I can put it is I have a I have a, a nickname that I call my sister. She doesn't like the nickname at all. She just accepts the fact that I call her this nickname. <laughs> I've been calling her that for years. And you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? She don't go by, she ain't got it tattered on her nowhere. She don't go by this. You know what I'm saying? It was a joke when she was a kid, and I just kept the joke running every once in a while, and I just say it to her just to get a reaction out of her sometimes. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't feel disrespected by me when I say it. But I'm family. Now, if you sure. mess around and call her about that, she's like, what? what? She might go off and be like, don't call me that. Or, you know what I'm saying? If, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, if we have nicknames for each other, or, we, or you have a, a pet name for somebody, you know what I'm saying? You, you know what I'm saying? You know, you might holler at your, your woman. 
boo, can you get this? Babe, can you get this? All type of stuff. And you talk to them like that. But somebody can't walk in your house and be like, hey, baby, uh, can you uh, come over here and do this right here? And you be like, you know, significant other going to be like, uh, why? No, that's only my baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? So, so it's know, basically it's easy to understand. It's very easy to understand. I, if, yeah. you don't, if you don't understand why you can't say it, even if you just want to explain it. He said this and I was so hurt. He said... No, you still can't say it. That'd be the worst. I can't stand yeah, no, it. I'm happened. just repeating what somebody said. It hurt me so bad. No, you don't got to repeat it. See, we, we, we stripped it from you. We stripped it from you. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You want a lifetime bankruptcy with that. You can't, you can't have it no more. It's chapter 13 plus 7 <laughs> plus, you know, Google and infinity for you. You know what I'm saying? 30, 60, 90 day clean credit report. It's everything. It's everything. It's gone. It's gone. No, you can't say it. In the, even if the rap song said it, you just want to sing along with it. Because guess what? If you don't understand that, then think about this. In every culture outside of Black people, they have terms and phrases that they say that could be considered derogatory at one point. And you might say it in your culture and it might not mean anything necessarily. It might not mean the same thing, but if somebody outside had said it, then it would be a whole different situation. And that's every culture in the world outside of black people. You can go up there, you can go to, um, you can go, to the most rural area in Alabama. And somebody might end up like, like I heard this one girl say on TV, that was on one of the reality show. You know, she was like, I, I do this, I do this type of stuff all the time. Uh, you know what I'm saying? This is this right up my alley. This is redneck stuff. Mm. Now, if I walked up to her and called her that, she might be like, why are you doing this to me? Or <laughs> if I referred to her side of town as the white trash side of town, everybody would be offended over there. Why would you call us trash? But they might jokingly say it amongst themselves. Exactly. This is this, this the white trash side of town, or I'm, I'm a redneck and all that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? They have, in other cultures, you know what I'm saying? They talk about, you know what I'm saying, each other's uh, features and they say things about their features to people and you know what I'm saying? It's accepted. But you might not need to go there and make those same type of um, observe, you might not want to observe the same type of thing and make those same type of statements. And that's in like, you know, Irish culture, they have words that they say that they don't, other people shouldn't be saying. You know, in French culture, same thing. You know what I'm saying? In Indian culture, and I'm talking about India, like the country. East Indian. Yeah, East Indian. Yeah. You know, they have things that they've said, you know what I'm saying, that you're not supposed to be saying. So, you know what I'm saying? It's just a, it's a culture thing. And if you're not a part of the culture, you don't get to participate. And while we on the topic of that too, let's just keep it 100. The reason why we have a problem with the word sometimes still is because of us. Stop inviting people to the cookout. 
Yeah, that's real. Every time that they do something that we've mastered and they do it on a mediocre level, we want to hand out plates and tell people, come to the cookout, you're invited. For what? They never live one day in their life in our shoes and never will. And do and on and on the other and on the other on the other tip, do we get invited to the bonfire? Do we get invited to the bar mitzvah? <laughs> do we get invited to the campout? Um, do we get to go to the yacht club? No, we don't get invitations to none of that stuff. When we when we do stuff in their culture, we still don't get accepted. You know how I would know this right here? Ask Tiger Woods. He he pretty much played the whitest sport around. Sure. And when he started to beat their asses at it, guess what? They started coming out the woodworks with racism. So the N-word is something that if you as a white person don't get why you can't say it. And hey, you start to lose parts of your livelihood and get canceled and get in get get uh, inducted into cancel culture. You should have been listening. That's going to be on you. That's what you get for not listening. I mean, I uh, we talked about this in one podcast watching the um, documentary about Woodstock, and they were talking about 99, when 99 Woodstock with DMX was performing. Yeah. And it's like a bajillion white people and like four three or four black people sprinkled in the crowd and like DMX is singing some song where like every the chorus is like the n-word and over just and over. over and over and over and over again it's just like over. all over. the white people over. 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 were over. saying it yeah and I can only imagine like being the two or three black people looking like what kind of madness like this is mayhem it is. Uh, I could only imagine how life, like how how I would feel yep. in that moment. And that was when they found out that you never officially got invited to the camp out. You didn't get officially invited to Woodstock. And they let you know then and there that you still, there still was some misunderstandings. Well, I don't know if y'all know, you should know if you listen to the podcast, but now you can um, take a poll on Spotify when you check us out. And yeah. so we're going to put, we're going to put the, a poll question on, on this episode about, you know, whether or not you use the N word and should other people use it and in what context, but we would love to know your thoughts. If you're white and you listener, I hope you would be an active listener <laughs> and not just sitting here. Uh, entertaining the conversation because, like I just, I just gave you the rules. I just gave you the rules. And these if, rules are universal in you, general. If you didn't, if you didn't understand that, and you still, but I don't get it. I don't get it. Guess what? You ain't gonna never get it because you just too stuck in your ways. Mm-hmm. You're too, you, 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 you want to do what you want to do so bad, you can't accept it. So. Anyway. Anyway. So uh, we're gonna want to go to a, a lighter topic. Sure. In honor of Black History Month, Yay. I want to discuss something with y'all. I don't know if Bowie uh, can relate, but this is for all the Black people out there. 
Happy Black History Month. The topic I want to talk about this black ass topic is why do black folks love to sing the wrong lyrics <laughs> to songs? Or why they don't want to learn the lyrics to songs they love so much? Why is it the case? I mean, isn't it hard to to find lyrics? Who's transcribing lyrics look, for songs? If you want to learn the lyrics to a song, look, we got all type of stuff now. If you're watching, watching TV and you want to learn the lyrics to a song, guess what you can hear? Closed captioning. But it don't always be accurate. It don't always be accurate. You are correct on this. But I guarantee that closed, act, closed caption might be more accurate than what you be saying as <laughs> yourself. Uh, uh-huh. So I got a few songs. I got a few songs because black people will go to karaoke, mess up stuff, and read the wrong. And they got the words. Got the words in front of them, and you are still singing wrong karaoke. Mm-hmm. We will post our videos, and we be singing with the selfie, uh, the selfie lens on the camera. We singing the words to the song, and we still don't know the words to the song. LeBron James is infamous for doing this. Mm-hmm. He don't know the words, but he he, he vibing, and then you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, I got a couple of songs that hey, black folks, it's time for us to learn these words and stop saying the wrong version of what the hell is going on. Okay, we're ready. Y'all ready? We're all we're all ears this time. All ears. I think you're trying to be funny, <laughs> but. Classic song in hip hop history. Y'all don't know the words to this song. Mm-hmm. Bali don't tell you the words of the song. The song is Bone Thugs and Harmony Crossroads. <laughs> I'm so sick of us going around saying the crossword lyrics wrong. Okay, we're ready for the real lyrics. And it's just a few, some of the words you know from the song, but some of the okay. words. So let's just keep it real. We got to start with my boy Busy Bone. We don't know what the hell Busy said in this first verse. Busy is the one that raps really fast. Yeah, in a high and, pitch. And, and, high, okay. and soprano. He rap, he rap in soprano. He rap sing soprano. We got it. Okay. He started off. Everybody got it. He came on I'm <laughs> you know people just be up, oh, yeah. and I'm gonna miss every. That's the first thing you hear when you hear that song. Everybody know one word, and I'm gonna miss everybody. <laughs> That's it. But we don't figure out the first one. Let me see. He started over here. Okay. Let's bring it all in for Wiley. <laughs> he said, "Let's all bring it in for Wiley." Okay. Easy, see Uncle Charlie, little mm-hmm. boo, and God's got him, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna miss everybody. Okay. I only roll with bone my game. Look for the way they lay. Wow. We're playing with destiny. Chase <laughs> deep for me to say. The lazy came to me, told me he should decrease this, please. Mm-hmm. Bury my grand grand. Bury, bury me by my grand grand. When you came, come follow me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it sounds like he's naming yes. his. The people that had them went on the glory. He said, let's bring it all, let's all bring it in for Wally. For Wally, who? Easy. Yep. She's Uncle Charlie. And Uncle Charlie. 
Little boo, God's got them. Oh, Lord. Okay. And they're going to miss everybody. He's going to miss them all. <laughs> yeah. Then he I wants only to be with bone my game. Okay. So he only hangs Look out with his friends. What? His friends who he hangs out with. Yeah. Okay. I only roll with his, bone. My his gang. Bone gang. Gang gang. Oh, got it. I got that part. Look to where they lay. I don't know what that means. destination. Okay. Too deep for me to say. Okay. So it sounds like some illegal activity. <laughs> yeah, plays too deep for me to say. See, now we make the plays, but back then, Bone was making plays back then. He said, right. plays too deep for me to say. Got that part. The lazy came to me. He said, little lazy came to me. This back when like I was a young. Ghost? No, lazy bone. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. He said, little lazy came to me. This back when they was young, so he was a little lazy. Okay, got it. Told me if he should decease, well then, please. Told me if we should decease, then please bury me by my grand grand. Right. So you want to be laid to rest. And by when his you grandma. can, come follow me. He want to be laid to rest by his grandparents. And then he want him to be laid to rest right next to him. He said, "Come follow me," but that's going into the next lyrics. Okay. We're all we're listening. This, this I think it's crazy part right here. Um. Hold on. <laughs> see, I'm, you see how easy it is? You got the lyrics? No, I, I have the lyrics, but I want to pull up to make sure that was crazy part. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, uh, that's it's lazy part, my bad. We're ready. God bless you, working on a planted heaven, follow the Lord, all 24 sevens. Mm -hmm. God is who we praise, even though the devil's all up in my face. <laughs> but he keeps me safe in my place. <laughs> they took grace with the gates we raised. Without a chance to face the judge, and I guess my soul won't budge, grudge, because we, because there's no mercy for thugs. Oh, what could I do? It's all about my family, how we roll. Can I get a witness? Let it, let it unfold. We're living in our, we're living our lives in eternal our souls. Hey, oh, hey, oh. <laughs> This is great. I feel like now we all know the lyrics. No, y'all still don't know the lyrics. <laughs> I was trying to rap them, but I said them all in English to you, so. I was being sarcastic. <laughs> you, gotta, you know, when you hear Bone, you got to try to rap. You got to try to read it how they rap. It's been a long time since I listened to Bone Thugs and Harmony, Look, so. Okay, so I'm going to read lazy lyrics just plain. Okay. okay lazy say, God bless you, working on a plan to heaven, follow the Lord's all 24-7 days. Mm -hmm. God is who we praise, even though the devil's all up in my face, but he's keeping me safe and in my place. Mm -hmm. Say the grace with the gates we raise. Without a chance to face the judge, then I guess my soul won't budge. Grudge. Because there's no mercy for thugs. Ooh, what can I do? It's all about family and how we roll. Can I get a witness? Let it unfold. We live in our lives, lives to our eternal our souls. Ayo, ayo. And we pray and we pray. And we, that's the most, that's the most <laughs> coherent part of the song. And we pray and we pray. I wonder if they had like a choir director. Hey, I was in the choir with each other back in the day. Oh, boy. Okay. I was just kidding. Jesus Christ. So, okay, but come on, y'all. We got to finally learn the words to bone thugs and harmony because we can't keep on playing this at people's funerals. Uh, we can't keep on going through the, the greatest hits of the 90s and people at karaoke can't say the words this song. Black folks, we got to learn the words to 
that song. Do you I have, would agree. Do you do you have any songs that you want to bring up? I mean, for me, it's really interesting. Like, I didn't, I did not go through extensive research like you did. Oh, okay. But I will say that you know, for me, you know, I get a lot of flack because I listen to re- reggae. Is like the most listened to genre for me. I listen to reggae like every single day. And like outside of Bob Marley, who like didn't really get into Patois like that when he sang, he had a lot of, he had a lot of uh uh like Patois phrases, but for the most part, like he's he sung in just regular old Jamaica English. But for a lot of these reggae artists and you know, uh, a lot of these dance hall artists, they their music is like in the like patois language mm-hmm. and i do not speak fluent patois um but I, over the years i've been able to learn you know what some what some things mean and i've been able to like you know listen to songs long enough to really pick up on you know what these reggae artists are saying and um i still for the most part don't know what we what they be saying mm-hmm. like that however i can always tell you like the context of a song like i can always tell you like what the gist of the song is i'm i'm like similar to bone thugs and harmony over here the chorus is typically really easy to recite so i'm down to do that as well but you know i feel like for me one of the artists that i just like stopped trying to decipher and just gave up on just was like this about but like i can't really do it is mystical like to me he's one of those artists that really doesn't you know enunciate like that and he raps really fast and he raps on top of the beat and he he's he's got his new orleans accent and i don't know if he's speaking creole i don't know what he's going on with mystical in that sense, but he's one of those artists that I feel like I have a harder time trying to like decipher what what he what he's saying exactly. Would you agree? Uh Mr's got his own language. Right. Uh when he came out, you know what I'm saying? I don't, you know, it's some people that I feel like they want you to say the words with them, they want you to be able to, you know, say it in their tone and say it in their speech. When Mr. came out, I was thinking in my mind, he was like, I'm going to sound like nobody else. I'm going to make it hard for somebody to try to imitate my style. And mission accomplished. <laughs> but we on, love him for it. You know what I'm saying? He he did what he did. You know what I'm saying? As far as a, as a, as a, as an artist, he created a style that nobody had of his own. You know what I'm saying? Uh. For a while, Future was one of those two. I feel like Future either has gotten better or my ears have sort of just kind of tuned to Future because of Migos. Like him, Migos and Future kind of have the same cadence thing going on. Mm-hmm. And it, it was really hard for me to understand what Migos was saying too. But then I think my ears kind of got accustomed to like uh, what they used to call that style of rap that Future do. Um Mumble rap? Yeah, to mm-hmm. mumble rap. Okay. You got accustomed to that. Well, <laughs> in quotations. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, you you like like with the reggae, like you listen to something long uh, enough, 
you your ears kind of tune tune to it and you're like oh okay yeah that's true that's true you know what i'm saying okay i get it yeah okay i got another one too we're ready black folks we also are infamous for giving our own names to the song Mm. uh you know what i'm saying uh, into the albums and stuff. In albums. Prime example, <clears throat> genuine. My whole life has changed. People think that's the name of the song. Since you came in. It's called like differences. It's called, yeah, it's called differences. It's called differences. Another one we just saw this recently. We think the song called In This Dancery. Mary's Mary's song is called Family Affair. You know, and let me just give you some lyrics for that real quick. Let's get it crunk up on, have fun up on in this dancery. What's a dancery? Do you know? We got y'all open. Now you're floating. So you got to dance for me. Mm-hmm. Don't need no hateration. Holleration in this dancery. Let's get it percolating while you're waiting. So just dance for me. Now, what is a dancery, you said? Is it a real word? She turned it into one just like she <laughs> holleration and hateration. But what oh, the Jesus. truth behind the lyrics is, dancery was supposed to be dance soiree. <laughs> I'm dropping jewels on the program for y'all today. I don't like it. <laughs> she was trying to say dancery. I mean, he's trying to say dance soiree, <laughs> but ended up saying dancery, and it became dancery. Dancery. It's supposed to be dance soiree. Which I don't like that at all. And it's dance. I don't like hateration and holleration. Me either. Let's get it percolating while you're waiting. So come dance <laughs> for me. You know what I'm saying? Percolating. But, but she came and did that on Super Bowl. Everybody was like, oh, that's in my. No, nah, that's family affair. And. The, the truth behind it is dancery, she was trying to say dance foray and didn't know how to quite really say it. Kind of one of those things like how, uh, uh, Nelly's going, I'm a sucker for, I'm a sucker for uh, corn rolls and uh, manicured toes. Yeah. Just say pedicure, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of like manicured toes. I mean. I mean, your toes can be manicured. Well, they call it a petty, don't they? They do call it a petty. Okay, so. But it's kind of like landscape and manscape. Come on, that's <laughs> that's that's. These um, things can be scaped. Uh, okay, do you have another one? Oh, uh, I, I I mean, you know, I really want to hear what the people um got to say. You know, what I'm saying more than anything, but. We just gave you a couple of we just gave you a couple of examples. I got one more, one more example. Okay. Uh, and I'm not even gonna try to say the lyrics to this song, but if anybody, if anybody uh wanna call in on the voicemail and say the words to this girl's song, you know what I'm saying? You Coy Laray. Oh, okay. Have y'all heard that girl song? Now, you is know, is this the supermarket lady? The who? gold, the gold links in the supermarket or something? She wear her, she wear her gators to the bodega or something. Oh, uh, no, that's uh, that's Bia Bia. Oh, okay. 
Now, Corla Ray is like, I can't, you can't even, you can't even like really describe a song. She'd be like, it'd be like, give me that. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, oh, it's girl. like, yeah, yeah. So I think that was her. Uh, that's what you call a daughter, Benzino daughter. Yeah. So she one of other people, man. You gotta go look up her lyrics to sing the songs with her because if you listen to her on the radio, you just hear a whole bunch of ad libs. You don't know exactly what she be saying and none of that type of stuff. But that might be some of the her style. You know what I'm saying? So hey, you got the lyrics to that song? Call in and say it on the voicemail. All right. On the as a matter of black podcast voicemail, and, and uh, if you know the actual lyrics to Wiz Kid and Tim's uh, Essence, Essence, that's another one. You don't need no other body. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know all the words to that. Hey, because I try to look up the lyrics to that, and uh, it, it, it's written how they uh would say it. <laughs> You know, they Nigerian, they, ain't they? Yeah, so it's probably some, that's probably Patois-S, too. Hot Patois-S, but sometimes I'm like, I got to figure out what's the meaning of that word. I don't know how that phrase goes. Oh, because let me tell you, because in, in reggae, there was a really big, really big issue with um, Buju Bontine. Yeah. One of his songs is called Boom Bye Bye. It was the first song that I had ever listened to by Buju. And I used to, like, bump it. You can't find it no more. Yeah, you can. I think you can find it on YouTube if you look. Yeah. But it's been taken off of his uh his album and like scrubbed from like um streaming services. You can't find it. Yeah. So boom bye bye was about killing gay people. Mm. And I mean it I was hurt though. Yeah. So like boom bye bye was like literally talking about shooting them in the head, like boom, shooting them in the head. And he had these lyrics about, you know, how, like, he would use terms like Steve don't like Patsy and, you know, was between her legs and stuff like that. He was just talking about, like, uh, homosexuality and how he thought they should all die. And I I used to, like, bump it, like, crank it. Um, but I didn't know. I didn't know what it meant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just was just listening to the song. It was a bop. So I yeah. was like, well, that's a horrible black, song. Black people, we are guilty of just, just going with the bop in the song and not knowing what they said. It's not a clue. Last example I'm going to say, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Missy, we, and we're going to get off topic. Okay. Black people, we don't know the lyrics and we're going to make up something anyway just to keep on going to the song. Missy Elliott working. Mm-hmm. Is your memory never again? You know what I'm saying? What we don't know what she said on that part of the chorus. We don't know. If it, is it worth it? Let me work it. I put my thing down, flip it, never burst it. Yam, yam, never, 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 yeah. We just go, we just gonna do that. We just gonna do that. That's what we gonna do. That's what we gonna do. So I'm gonna tell you, Black History Month, we the ultimate survivors of killing karaoke's and but never killing the vibe. Because we don't know the words, we're just going to keep on singing along, say what we say, hey, and keep dancing, keep partying. So uh, we, Black folks, we really lit with, without the knowledge. I mean... <laughs> we lit without the knowledge. We lit without the literature. <laughs> we lit without the knowledge. <laughs> we lit without the thesaurus, all that stuff. I mean, I guess there's, like, uh, I, this is also kind of interesting, too. Like, we be on the topics again. But... Three Six Mafia was another one where I was just listening to it, didn't fully understand what they was talking about. 
And then, you know, it was some, some satanic devil worshipings oh. going on in 3 6 Mafia. And I, I was none the wiser. Hey, the, the whole, the whole uh, Stay Fly song with the whole chorus and the uproar about that being a satanic like, like chant, chant yeah. all that stuff. But hey, I was tripping. I was like, come on. This is the same group that was went from triple six mafia to three six mafia. What what did you what, I remember triple to six, triple to six, triple to six of mafia? I remember that part. Man, you see the album comes back and that thing, it was like all like dark. And that's actually like a whole uh, subgenre of rap, what they were doing. And they actually just left it alone for the most part and just went mainstream. But they weren't the only ones, you know what I'm saying, doing like that that dark type oh, of hip hop. Okay. They just oh, yeah. they just transitioned into mainstream better yeah. than anybody else. Craziest song I ever heard, and go listen to this song, and, you, and the lyrics are clear as day. Craziest song I ever heard. Um, that shocked me at the end, but I still liked it because of the storytelling component. But it's evil as hell. Dance with the Devil by Immortal Technique, dude. I think you mentioned that to me before. Yeah, I'll play it after we get done. But uh, yeah, if you remember, give away a year, Missy so, Elliott working lyrics. So, learn them. So, basically, the moral of the story is learn this, learn the name of the song. No, no, it's not the moral. Learn. I'm not finished. That's not the moral. Either, learn right? the name of the song. Learn the learn the lyrics. Okay. And learn the meanings of the lyrics. And the moral for the podcast is: I'm bringing this uh this uh segment of the show back on another episode because it's gonna be another song come out that y'all gonna mess it up. <laughs> and there's so many songs I didn't bring up. I just try to stick to like three or four. So I'll be back with songs that black people mess up. That's what we are gonna call this segment. That's Bali's moral. That's going to be the segment, man. Black folks are going to help us get our understanding back. Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. We got elevated. Okay. Well, you was on the topic about singing. You said something about uh, verses. I seen you over there tweeting. Oh, man. For Valentine's Day verses. Yeah. So we got, before we get up out of it, we got to talk about verses, y'all. Well, we still have more ingredients. Oh, yeah, we got that too. So, uh, but Versus tried to pull the okie doke. First off, just a little background. Last year, in the middle of the pandemic, when Versus was at its heights, people started making fake Versus flyers, getting people hyped about potential Versus versus battles that were just complete lies. And so one of the biggest lies on the Versus battle, uh, out of the Versus battle fake flyer thing, was the Anthony Hamilton and Music Soul Child. I clearly remember posting about it uh, about a year or so ago, and people thought that that was going to happen. That flyer got so much circulation that I think it actually kind of forced them to say, hey, man, we need to do this because people want this. And so finally, the day after Valentine's Day, Anthony Hamilton and Music Soul Child was announced official versus flyer. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, we finally going to get this R&B, you know what I'm saying, soul versus. Then the day before the battle, versus goes on Instagram and other social media and decides to announce that if you want to watch that uh, versus battle between music and Anthony Hamilton, you would have to subscribe and get a trial. Uh, you could watch it 
for a trial period, but they want you to pay money for that. And then it was a whole uproar on social media, which it should have been. <laughs> it should have been. Why would you offer something for so long for free and then a day before a highly anticipated battle that had been on everybody's mind since the people came out with the fake flyer, you know, fans at least, then announced that people were going to try to start paying for verses. So after social media backlash, of course, uh, Swiss Beats pops out. I was out of the country. Okay, so now you... He said somebody was tinkering with his settings. Somebody was over there tinkering with his settings. Tinkering with your settings. <laughs> On your verified account, huh? Okay. Yeah, okay. they pushed they pushed the button and uh while he was away in Dubai. He okay. went in Dubai for real, was he? I believe he said he was in Dubai. He yeah. In Dubai? Okay. Yeah. So um yeah, I don't blame y'all. So I'm gonna tell you straight up. So it took me forever to figure out how to watch verses. I had no idea. Like this whole two-year time. So when when I was watching it. I was watching just like I would find like a random playback on YouTube. Yeah. And at the time and you were talking about how to watch the live version or the playback version? Both. Oh wow. Like I had never, I never, I never figured it out. You just didn't think go to the versus page and watch the live stream. So whenever <laughs> I would go, I guess maybe I was on the wrong versus page. Like, are there uh, multiple versus pages? I wouldn't be surprised if it is. Anyway, because you know, I'm slow, like I don't get it sometimes so yeah. i never i never found it um until so two of them i actually watched on tv the d'angelo one because it came on apple tv mm. it was live and mm. i had a subscription to that and you know i wasn't gonna miss that mm. so we won't, we won't miss your boy d'angelo huh? so i was very serious about it. like i was very adamant about like no i have to watch this so then i found it on apple tv red man Method Man. And Method Man. That was 420. Right. So that one, I think I had found this app called Fight. This F-I-T-E app. And I think it's for like like the professional like fighting events. But apparently you can also you can also stream verses on it. And so that's how I watched the Anthony Hamilton and um, what's your deal? Music. Mm. I watched that one on Fight on the Fight app, which is free. Yeah, it's, I mean, <clears throat> I watched it over the. I, I was watching it on official versus TV page on Instagram, uh, but for that music and Anthony Hamilton battle, if their Instagram account was just so janky, it. It kicked everybody off like when I was on it like four times leading up to the battle. So finally, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to just pull out my iPad, go to the ver official versus page on YouTube, and they had a, a live YouTube stream going, and it was perfect. It never kicked me off again, none of that stuff. So that's why I'll be watching all the rest of the battles because YouTube had no connection issues, but Instagram always had a connection issue. Mm, I can see that. Probably because it's like so many people trying to watch. Yeah, but even at the, uh, I'm trying to think that their most, I think the most viewed one was, I think, Brandy and Monica. I think 
they had like over a million people watching mm -hmm. that one. If I'm wrong, then it was one of the ones that went over a million. But uh, man, I didn't get keep on getting kicked off like that. It's uh, it's always one of the other ones. But the one that was like most people wrong, I was like they got they stuff together on this one. I don't have to keep logging back on. At least I don't remember it. But uh, YouTube is where I'll be watching. But yeah, man, it's like you watch it live on YouTube. Yeah, they do a live YouTube stream. Oh my god! See, just go to the versus pages. Now the thing about it is. Everybody's competing for those viewers on YouTube. Yeah. And so somebody's going to be streaming it from their account on there at the same time. So I just want to go to the regular page because it's going to be some time delays in it. I want to watch it and I want to live tweet about it and all that type of stuff. Yeah. I was on the phone when it, but I it was it was up here on the TV and I was just excited to see a lot of the um, cameos. Yeah. I was happy to see Robert Glasper. And lucky day. Yeah. Um I was I was that was good to see that. Uh you know, Robert Glass for Lucky Day. And then uh Anthony Hamilton brought out Raheem Devon and uh Eric Roberson. That was a big oh, moment. I saw Eric Roberson too. Yeah. And Kevin Ross. People don't uh pe people don't really know how major that was for those three guys who've been Underground, uh, Marheen Devon a little bit more mainstream. Yeah, he is. But uh, Eric Rose and Kevin Ross, they've been I like. I need to listen. I need to download. Eric. I used to listen to him, but I don't listen to him as much anymore. Man, he's still making dope music. And the crazy thing about it is Anthony Hamilton brought up Eric Robeson, but music performed two songs that Eric Robeson wrote on the verses. Like music performed "Merry Go Round." That was like one of his first couple of songs that he did. Uh, and then he performed Previous Cats. He performed a snippet of that. And everybody who listened to uh, Just Listen on the music album know that Previous Cats was like one of the album favorite cuts. You know, yeah. He always performed that. But Eric Robeson performed that a lot of his shows. Mm. And uh, you know what I'm saying? Oh, man. I need to follow yeah. those. Yeah. I may need to catch an Eric Robeson show. And, it, uh, and that's another thing. I've seen Eric Robeson live uh, several times. I'm trying to tell y'all, he put on a great show. Live band, he gonna, he gonna interact with the crowd. He sounds great. He sounds just like he do on his albums. And he a cool person. He gonna stay afterwards. And if he can, you know, take pictures and sign autographs. He got a real good interaction yeah, with his that's fans. Really cool. And so to see him on Versus last night, that was a major move for like a lot of independent R&B artists and you know, saying good. That was a good look for Raheem, Kevin Ross, and Eric Roberson. And also for Robert Glasper, too, because, you know. I love him. Yeah. We saw Robert Glasper, me, Bowie, and a couple other uh, friends. We saw Robert Glasper in a, just in a dive bar in Alabama at a jam session. He walked in. And he spent at least 45 minutes to an hour just jamming with that band. Yeah. I'm talking about didn't know him, just walked in. I think he was with his girlfriend or his date or whoever it was. Yeah. And he just walked in and just was jamming with this band that like just probably was like, like a weekly jam session gig or something. We had the audio to that. Oh yeah, I forgot. Maybe maybe we can sell it one day. <laughs> sell it as an NFT one day. Oh shoot. <laughs> Now, now I can tell my brother. <laughs> I, I got an NFT. We got, hey, look, I'm gonna go. They get, I'm gonna rip it right down tonight. 
I'm, I'm gonna rip it out of our email we got, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my voice all over him like, "Welcome, this is Bali hosting the Robert Glasper NFT live from Montgomery, Alabama." <laughs> Live. <laughs> we got to, did you get to talk to him when he was in Alabama? Uh, I just spoke to him. I just told him he was so oh. dope at the bar. So I had like a five minute conversation with him. He was so nice. And I kept bothering him for like five minutes. But he was so nice. He yeah. kept asking. I was asking, how could he, I was like, what am I going to say to him? I have no idea. And then so I just started talking about his new project with uh, August Green at the time. It was mm. him common and Blow out of him. Yeah, it was so random, but I was like, it's the only thing and the most relevant thing I could think of. And he was looking like this girl, but he was so nice. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like he answered all three of my questions, and then I was like, thank you so much, you're so amazing. And then I scurried off. Yeah, nah, man, he he got a, he seemed like a real matter of fact. Like even watching that verses last night, I, it seemed like Anthony Hamilton, music soul child, was like hella cool, chill type of people. I think that they probably are, you know what I'm saying, approachable in, in most of the time. I got a picture of Anthony Hamilton. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, me that. and Taylor, when he performed at the, you know, he'd been in Arkansas 700 he times. Come, he come to Arkansas every yeah. other year. Right. So <laughs> we was hanging out in the Marriott. We, we was just in the Marriott for no reason. And I guess with the Peabody at the time. Yeah. And him and his band and his entourage was there. I don't know if the Hamiltons were there. Oh, okay. They could have been, but I don't think. Remember the Hamiltons back then weren't like Hamiltons now. Uh, like yeah. I don't think they had the notoriety and stuff. He don't even tour them no more, man. They, really? They came out and did a couple songs versus, but he don't be touring with them no more. Oh, I love them. That's when he was at his social media peak too with them dudes. Who's in respect on it? Yeah, all three of y'all. They were making some good videos. We yeah. seen so I seen him with the Hamiltons. That was a great. That was a really good show. Yeah. Music. He was kind of. He was kind of a little pitchy and doing a little too many runs on the verses. Was he pitchy? Somebody was saying. I said, think I saw saw the pitchiness comment on on a few people's posts. In the beginning, he was a little pitchy, and then he just started doing a little too many runs. You don't like the runs. He was he's a runner, he's a track star. Sound like he was going to church from the start the uh, <laughs> nah, start man. the Holy Ghost stomp at church. I mean, he, he just he just ran he just ran every song. He just ran, running and running and running. Wow. But but I still like I, I still liked his song selection and he still sounded good. A lot of people were very critical. It's like he sound bad. I'm like, no. Nah. <laughs> Come on, don't y'all. Say, don't do music like that. Come on, y'all. Y'all the same folks that, you know, somebody say, hey, Mary J. Blige can't sing like she used to. Don't you say nothing. Yes, she can. That's a queen of hip hop song. Come on, man. I like. I mean, Mary never really could sing to me like that, but, you know. <laughs> you don't say that. I'm sorry. Uh, what what the one boy say, man? Just kidding. I, uh, who was that one dude? Somebody was like, uh, oh, uh, man, his. his Trick Daddy, when he talked about Beyonce, couldn't couldn't sing. She no, sing, could sing. Man, Trick Daddy's crazy. But that was a good man. Yeah, he brought out Lucky Day, and uh, Anthony Hamilton brought out, like I said, those guys. 
He brought up Leela James, who can't forget her. I saw her. Yeah. They almost looked like they was dating or something. They were very close to each other's face. They just performers. I mean, that was like Jesus. Like they were just performers, I think. Okay. I think so. They looked very cozy, that yeah. close to somebody's face. The first time I look, I seen somebody do a poem. Two poets do a poem, a love poem together. And I, when I tell you, I thought they was like in love and they got off stage and went to their separate dates. I was like, hold oh, on. hell no. I was like, hold on, y'all just sold everybody on stage a dream. <laughs> and you went and go sit down by your girlfriend and you would sit down by your, okay, y'all you just. you hosting tonight? Huh? Would you say that on the microphone or you just. Nah, I said, I, I, I didn't say it on the microphone. Oh, that would be I, I was hosting. I was like, give it up for the cute poem, the love poem. <laughs> Oh, I'm like, oh, oh, look at them, looking at them sit down. They was like holding each other's hands and staring each other's eyes, making all these beautiful romantic comments and getting all types of snaps and woo, and sat down with two other people and, <laughs> nev and never have dated in real life. <laughs> Man, this just reminds me of the time, this is off topic, then we should probably switch to four ingredients. Okay. But this reminds me of the time I went to this play and this person was so into character, he almost didn't make curtain call. Okay. I was like, oh my God. Like, I thought he was like, I mean, he was emoting so much. It was yeah. like the very end of the scene. Yeah. And <laughs> he had to cry and like carry on the screen. That baby almost couldn't make curtain call. He could not hey, get himself together. Let me tell you, sing, artists, poets, singers, poets, actors, when, when we get on stage and we are like giving our all in the performance, we tap into something. And when we tap into that, it might not have nothing to do with that song, but the emotion from just tapping into that moment, that memory or whatever that was in your past yeah. might take you all the way there. So if you see somebody, a poet get emotional on stage in their poem, they might be tapping into like uh, their grandmother's last words and remembering that. And then that's what got them worked up to get it. Most of this poem is the, the memory of their grandmother Absolutely. or, you know, talking about love. And it might be a woman that left them years ago, but just the emotion they went, they went yes. <laughs> When you wrote that note to me, oh my God, I still I still carry that note. But anyway, yeah. So uh Swiss Beats and Timberland and Triller and all y'all, get your stuff together. Cause ain't nobody praying for verses. You've offered it for a whole freaking more than a year. And now you want people, y'all better start playing, man. Uh don't let this capitalism get y'all uh get y'all canceled. Because I, I guarantee y'all start charging people to watch this stuff, pay-per-view. Man, we will go, we will have our own Spotify playlist versus battles on y'all. I mean, and y'all. A, a DJ going to do y'all in real bad if y'all do that. I'm trying to let you know. And I mean, the crazy thing about them charging is that they have mass sponsors now. Yeah. Like, they, they sold it. Oh. They sold it to Triller. You know, and, you made your money. When the pandemic first happened, Erica Badu was hosting her home concerts in um yeah. in her house. They cost a dollar. I paid for two. Mm -hmm. The third one, I ain't paid. I ain't make it. I ain't have a dollar. Dude, we ain't paying no money for versus. He did it on a. You did it on a bad weekend. <laughs> you, you did it right after everybody watched the Super Bowl for free and paid money to have their parties. 
Valentine's Day. Yeah, we had Valentine's and everybody went and bought gifts. Now, a prefix dinner at one of these restaurants downtown was $99 and you couldn't eat nothing else. You had to get it. If you was going to eat, you had to eat that $100 per person. Yep. I'm not, I look, I learned my lesson one year on Valentine's Day to the last minute. And uh, luckily, I was able to get a table the day of at cash. So, so, so the young lady was just all the way doing bad. But yeah, yeah, I thought I could just hop on it that day. <laughs> Everybody's table be filled up, hundred dollars a place, set menu. Crazy. Um, where you parking at? Because you might not have parking. We got valet. That's gonna be some extra money. Uh, the wait is this amount of time. Three hours. Yeah, and 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 then uh, you gotta eat your meal this amount of time. We got you know, somebody else waiting on your table in this next hour. So come on. I told the people if they didn't uh, if they didn't let me order something from the menu because I was by myself, I was gonna fall out on the floor. So I was like, I used to come on this day and I get this, and I'm here right now. This is what I want. I will fall on the floor, and they get they made it for me. This, this, this is the type of stuff you got to deal with right here. I was like, I will start convulsing on the floor. Okay. You my neck, my back, my neck, my back. And they sat me and made my food for $15 versus Man, $65. Well, Valentine's Day is a big sham. It ain't nothing. It ain't nothing but another, another made up holiday that they just trying to get money out of you. Uh, and just like that, just like New Year's Eve, every restaurant and everything going up. A hundred dollars, one hundred fifty dollars, and then next day they're gonna be right back down to. Oh yeah, we have happy hour specials. You can get all this food for fifteen bucks. <laughs> what? Last night my plate didn't have one hundred this on there, and it was ninety-seven dollars and thirty-two cents. Why well, am spending three hundred dollars? And then don't forget the tip. <laughs> don't forget the gratuity. See, I told y'all. I told you. <laughs> Talked about this last time. Yeah, that's what I said. Y'all wasn't trying to hear me. Already, <laughs> can you introduce the next segment or last segment? Well, yeah, so this is a great episode, and you know, with every great episode, we're gonna top it off with our last segment of the of the day, and it's called four ingredients. We call it four ingredients because that's that's the ingredient that it takes to make a great beer, and that's water, barley, hops, and yeast. So typically for, during four ingredients, we just try, you know, we try a beer yep. and we talk about if we like it or not. Yep. And we give him a shout out. Yep. Well, I'm excited about this. Um, man. Okay. So just real quick. When the last time we went to Northwest Arkansas, we went up there to Bentonville. Yeah. It was a couple of years ago. And uh, we went to some, we went to these one or two breweries out there. Am I right or wrong? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just saying that to say that. Is this one of them? Man, so I've been drinking, I've been drinking uh, for the past couple months. I've had a couple of this drink at one of our local tap rooms from this brewery, New Province. And I just today found out that New Province is in uh, a brewery in Rogers, Arkansas. So they do the Philosopher King? Yes. I thought you knew it was local. No, I did not. I did that, but but you know what? I am so impressed 
knowing that now because I was just drinking, I was drinking that just like, oh man, that's my new IPA, that's my new go-to. So it's a new brewery. I don't know. I don't know. I was just wondering, we were up there. I'm like Rogers and Benville right next to each other. I'm like, did we were we in Rogers trying breweries or were we in Benville? Because I know we we were just like, we're going to go to the one that's closest one by. And it was a real nice tap room brewery that we went to up there. Yeah, but that wasn't it. it I wasn't. can't remember what it was called. Okay. It, was, it wasn't this one. Okay, so new problem. Then we go to, we thought we went to Fayetteville too. Yeah, we went to Fayetteville too. But I was thinking about when we up and just straight up in Fayetteville. It seemed like, man, you know what? I'm not going to backtrack this trip <laughs> with you. It seemed like we went to, to a, quite a few places though. We were we having did. fun. We were having fun. So uh, this is New Province, and this one is a, uh, called Cabin in the Woods. And I said, man, it's getting, the temperature's starting to get back up kind of high this week. Let me go on and enjoy these winter beers while we still got them in these stores. New, yeah. New Province Cabin in the Woods is a maple brown ale. And I said, they uh, straight up out of Rogers, Arkansas. So go check them out. They're over there on Hudson Road. Uh, I like this can that they got it in. They got it in one of these little little joints with a little bear and the little trees and the, the, the house got the little chimney smoke coming out of it. But like I said, it's a maple brown, 5.8 alcohol percentage. And that's all the information I got for you So I tried it. So cheers. 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 Maple brown ale. I'm giving you my opinion on something that's not an IPA. So this is my second time bringing something that went an IPA. The last time it was a milk stout that I brought. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see what this is. I haven't had a brown ale in a while. I like browns. Um, oh. Bike Rack or what, whoever, whichever one of them in Fayetteville, they have a brown that I really like too. Word, word. Okay. Maple brown, L, let's see. Mm. Okay. Um, man, is it me or do you, <laughs> is it me or do you kind of get a little um a co- the coffee type of hint? Yeah, I'm getting like lots of coffee, like caramel. Okay. Like maltiness, I don't taste the maple. Yeah, this, this this I was like, I was a little shocked. But it is kind of sweet. It's a, it's a um got the hint of coffee on this joint for sure. It's kind of sweet. It's a um I'm I'm used to the IPAs because the taste of IPA would just kind of a good IPA would, would linger. Tastes real full in the linger. But this one right here, you know what I'm saying? You could, I'll say this right here. If you like this type of style, which I'm gonna I'm gonna give this beer, it's a it's it's a nice, decent beer. Mm-hmm. But this type of beer, I, I feel like you could probably end up guzzling because it just it's like, you know, got a nice aftertaste, nice coffee aftertaste afterwards. But you know what I'm saying? Like it's not. It's not gonna just hit the spot and fill you up or nothing like that, like some of them IPAs will. So you can drink this product yeah. real fast if you like the real taste. It really, it kind of reminds me like of a cola. Like it's got a cola, like it goes down like a cola. Yeah. It looks so. like a cola too. <laughs> well, it's brown. Yeah. Mm. 
But yeah, this is the Maple Brown L. I gotta say, I can see it's why. It's not bad. No, nah, it's not. I, I can see why this was like sitting up. I found a new spot that got like a whole bunch of beer, new uh, store. So I see why this was sitting at the front because, uh, not the front, but the front of the refrigerator, the freezer, because they probably won't have it too much longer. This this probably is more of a seasonal beer. But if it's around all year, I, I would uh, definitely tell y'all to go try it. It's worth a try. Cabin in the Woods. Good name for a beer, too, because uh, yeah. that name going to stick out. You know? I like that name. Cabin in the Woods. But, yeah, New Province Brewing Company in Rogers, Arkansas. And as you can see in Arkansas, a lot of these breweries are, like, just popping up. Popping and they are up. Popping up, and they are, like, putting out new beers all the time, man. It's hard to keep what the breweries doing, which is a good thing for beer enthusiasts, you know? All right, well, good choice. I'm so proud of you for bringing something that's not an IPA. I'm two for two. Well, thanks everybody for listening as usual. And uh, make sure, hey, Black History Month don't gotta be, you know what I'm saying, just for the month. Man, we do this all year long, but uh, shout out to Happy Black History Month, man. Yeah. This, Black history is uh, American history. This, this is our stories. And uh, we need to make sure that we uh, incorporate more of our history in our stories in all of our daily lives. So, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's really important. Already. Till next, till next time.